0: Rest. Okay, we're up to the Tzadi Amit Bey's were three, two lines from the bottom, so let me explain what the Gemara said. We know that a shar when it gores, it pays half damages, and the payment comes from the animal itself, meaning you sell the animal, and that's how you give payment. That's why it's capped. Now, if the animal were to have no value, then there's no way to collect money. That's true regarding a shar Ashar HaMu'id, Ashar HaMu'id is different. Ashar HaMu'id is a bill on the owner. So it doesn't matter the value of the animal, it's a bill. So the Gemara said that if you have a Shartam that kills someone and injures someone, so it kills Reuven and injures Shimon, so what should the Halacha be? The Halacha should be that, so the the Gemara said like this, if it kills Reuven and injures Shimon, then you just kill the animal, but you don't have to pay payment because the animal has no value. Sharatam only pays from the value of the animal itself. The second the animal is supposed to be killed because it killed Ruven, then, uh, then the, it has no value, so there's no way to collect money. That's by a Sharatam. A Shar Hamuid, which, like I said, it's a bill on the owner. It doesn't matter whether the animal has value or not. So the Gemara said that a Shar Hamuid that kills Ruven and injures Shimon. So here's what you do. You first go through the legal court system to find out the financial penalty, meaning kills Reuven, injures Shimon. You have two court cases. You're going to have the death penalty case because of Reuven and the money case because of Shimon. Here's what you do. You go the money case first. of the guy to pay $100, let him pay $100, then take him to court for the animal killing Reuven and the animal's then killed. Now, the Gemara said, if let's say the opposite is done, let's say you do first the murder case, the murder trial, get the animal high of Misa, and then you do the money trial, you can't collect the money. So the last thing we did was, we didn't understand, that was the end of the yesterday's daf. It doesn't make sense. If a mu'id, when it injures someone, it's just a bill, then what does it matter whether you do the Misa first, the money first, what's the difference? You kill the animal because it killed Ruvain, and you make the owner pay because the animal hurt Shimon. What's the difference of the specific order? So the Gemara says, again, it means if you do the murder case first, so you take the animal to court for killing Ruvain, and then they give up sac, kill the animal. Oh, now you can't collect the money because he hurt Shimon. Why? It doesn't make any sense. It's nothing to do with the value of the animal. That's a Tom. A muid is just a bill. So what is the distinction? So the Gemara says, de <speaking in Hebrew> The Rabonan said the following, Hamani. Shimon, Rav Shimon The answer is based on what we said yesterday. Yesterday we brought down a machlokes between Rav Akiva and Rav Shimon Hatemani, and that is, they both were discussing that it's important for the for the the how, okay, it's important in different stages for there to be a murder or injury vict, uh, weapon. According to Rav Akiva, all you need is for the witnesses to see the weapon because the witnesses have to ascertain whether the injury was really done due to the weapon's weight and the weapon's aggressiveness, or was the person just, you know, the, has blood vessels that pop very easily. So, Rav Kiva felt that all that matters is that the injury vi- weapon or the murder weapon is seen by the witnesses. Shimon Atimani had a different sheet. He said, no, it's not just enough that they see the witnesses, it has to be brought to court. The court has to ascertain... The bezdin has to see the injury, vict- the injury weapon. So here's the pshat. What do we say the halacha? This muad kills Ruvein and injures Shimon. You take it to court for killing Ruvein so they give up. Sak, kill the animal. Says the gemara. Now you can't collect any money for the Shimon's injury. Why not? So the gemara says because if follows Shimon money, because Shimon money feels that the injury weapon must be brought to court. For there, to, for there to be an evaluation. It needs to be brought to court for an evaluation, and here is why. The halacha is that once you give a psaq to kill someone, or in this case, to kill an animal, you have to do it right away. So if the animal killed Reuven, and then injured Shimon, what you should do is you should take the animal to court, and the owner to court for injuring Shimon, make him pay the money, then take him to court for killing. But if you do the opposite, you bring the animal and its owner to court for killing Ruvain and Besdin gives up so You have to kill the animal. You know what the halacha is? You got to do it right away. Right away you got to kill the animal. No time. It's called uh, it's called, halonas hadim. Hadin. We do not postpone uh, 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 punishment. Therefore, the reason why you can't collect money for the injury of Shimon is because of, according to Shimon, money. In order to collect money, you need there to be a... Uh, an evaluation of the weapon in court, but you can't evaluate the weapon in court because they got to kill the weapon. The weapon in this case is the ox. The second the ox gets a sock from Besden that it should be killed, you got to kill it right away. They're not going to take the time to bring it to court. That's why due to that technicality, if you bring it to be killed first then you will not be able to collect money because since the ox is sentenced to death, we do it right away and we don't take the time to bring the ox to court in order to be evaluated. And therefore, because it's not evaluated, it cannot be collected for monetary payment. So this is halacha, that if you bring the animal to be killed first, then you bring it to money, you can't collect the money, it makes sense, according to Shimonati money because according to Shimonati money, in order to collect the money, you need it to be brought and evaluated in court, and you can't do that once it's supposed to be killed, because you got to kill it right away. So the Gemara says, Rav responds, no. I could actually make it work according to Rav Akiva. I, according to Rav Akiva, there is no need for the item or the weapon to be evaluated in court. So how come if the animal is supposed to be killed, do you not collect the money? So the Gemara says, You know what the case is. The case is, after the animal was supposed to be killed, the owner ran away. The halacha is, you could only take an animal to court if the owner is present. So therefore, it killed Reuven and injured Shimon. You brought it to court for Reuven's case. They said, okay, it's Misa. And then you're supposed to have a second court case to evaluate what you owe Shimon. But between that, the the owner ran away. So you can't take it to court due to a technicality. So the Gemara says, Wait a minute. If the case is that the owner ran away, then what does it matter that you did a... If the Bryson says, make sure to do the money case before the murder case, because if you do the murder case, you won't be able to do the money case. It sounds like it's an inherent problem. You're telling me, no, it's not really an inherent problem. The case is, after the murder case, the owner ran away. So what, what does it have to do with the order? This has nothing to do with the order. This is stam. There's a halacha that if the owner of an animal runs away, he can't take it to court. So what does it matter? So what does it matter that you, the animal is supposed to be killed? It, it, it sounds like the reason why you can't collect the money for him injuring Shimon is because it killed Reuven. But according to this, it has nothing to do with that. The reason why you can't collect the money is because the owner ran away. So the Gemara says no. The Gemara says the Kobel You know what the case is? The animal was brought to court for killing Reuven, sentenced to death. Then it was Taka brought to court for killing for or injuring Shimon, sentenced to pay money. Then the owner ran away. Here's the problem: you can't collect money because there's no one to collect money from. Meaning, the owner ran away. Let's say the the, uh, the animal hurt Shimon, five hundred dollars worth of uh, uh, damage. The owner ran away. Who are you going to collect the money from? There's no owner, right? You can't collect the money. He's gone. So what do you normally do if the owner runs away? You take money from the animal itself. Right? You have the animal, as we're going to see in a moment, the animal will, you take the animal, and let's say this animal, uh, you have an animal hurts Shimon, and the owner runs away. After they go to court and they say you have to pay money, the guy books down, so, and, and he didn't leave any assets. So, so how are you supposed to get your money back? So you know what the case is? Normally, what you do is, if the animal hurts Shimon for $500, what we do is we take the animal, give it to Shimon, and say, work the animal in the fields till you get your money back, then give it back to us. But over here you can't do that because the second it had a sock that it was supposed to be killed, you got to kill it right away. Meaning, so the case is like this: it killed Ruven and injured Shimon. Now, if it, if you went to court first for the injury of Shimon, then even and let's say they said you owe five hundred dollars, then even if the owner ran away, what we would do is we would take the animal and give it to the person and let the animal work the field till you get your money back. Then we would take it to court for killing Ruven. But because you did the opposite. You went to court first for killing Reuven, which gave us a psaq, kill the animal. Then, when he took him to court for Shimon right away, and they say, you owe him $500, but the, animal, the owner took off. And now there's no way for get your money back because he didn't leave any assets. The only asset he left is this animal, which you normally would give to the victim and say, use the animal until you get your money back. But we can't because we got the psaq that you're supposed to kill the animal. You got to do that right away. And that's why you won't be able to collect your money. So the Gemara says, Sayu meridia." Now, how would you normally make your money back? You normally make your money back by giving the animal to the person and letting the animal be uh, used as plowing the field. So, if that's the case, Tom, oh, here's the question. The question is like this We said before that by a Tom, where the Tom, the only, money, the only way you get your money back is from the animal itself. If the animal killed Reuven and injured Shimon, there's no way you're going to get your money back. Why? Because it killed Ruven, it has no monetary value because it's going to be put to death. So because it has no value, you have no way of money, making your money back. Here's the question. Why, why not? Why can't you have a way of making your money back? It killed Reuven. So it has no market value anymore because it's going to be killed in Besden. So it has no market value because you can't buy it or sell it. But you know what you could do? You could still use it for plowing. Meaning, it killed Ruvain and injured Shimon five hundred dollars worth of injury. So I understand that because it killed Ruvain, you're gonna have to kill it. So it has no market value. So we said because it has no market value, you can't collect your money. Why? It has no market value. Shine, give the animal to to, to Shimon, the victim. Let Shimon use the animal in plowing the field until he gets his money back. Then kill it. It has no market value, but it still has has value as a plowing animal. So the Gemara says, why don't you do that? The answer is, I mentioned before when we started this discussion that a tam, the only way you make your money back by a tam is by the animal itself. Meaning, you sell the animal. What you see from this is, we do not give a tam to be as payment for the person by letting it being plowing. We don't do that. Meaning, if a tam injures someone, the only way he's going to make his money back is the value of the animal on the market. If the value of the animal is $500, we will sell the animal and we will get his money back. But if the animal does not have value, the fact that you could use its plowing is not part of the payment. We do not make the animal work as a plow in order to get the payment. That's what you see. Okay. Now, what we had over here, this next is very, very interesting. It's very strange because what we did yesterday is we mentioned that it's important for either Bezdin or the witnesses to evaluate the weapon, the injury weapon. According to Shimon Atimani, it's important for the witnesses, and Bezdin, according to Kiva, just the witnesses. But you see there's a concept that we evaluate the weapon. As I said before, the reason for this is, a guy punches, Ruben punches Shimon, or hits Shimon with a bat, and then Shimon shows up to court all bloody. What if you find out that the, the item was... Uh, a uh, uh, Fisher-Price bat. And the reason why he's all black and blue is because his body just has blood vessels that pop very easily. So you're not going to have to pay the same amount. So we need to evaluate to figure out whether the injury makes sense based on you know science and based on matthias Does it make sense that this person is as injured or is it possible he has a weak disposition? It's possible that he just has pop blood vessels. So you have to f- figure that out. That's what we said before, that Shemina and Rav both agree there is an evaluation. This next Gemara did not know that. So the Gemara says, Do we evaluate the injury weapon or not? Meaning what I just told you, which is a for sure yes, the Gemara asked the Kasha, do we do that? And the Gemara is going to bring a couple, the Gemara did not know the discussion, obviously, at this point. It was written out of order. What the Gemara is going to do, and I'll say it outside, that this will get us to the next two dots, is the Gemara is going to try to bring proofs, reject it, reject it, and eventually it's going to quote the Shem money that we had yesterday as a definitive answer. So the Gemara says, Now we know that we evaluate the murder victim because you got to know when it comes to life or death, we definitely evaluate. But do we say that by victims of damages, we don't evaluate, and if the guy has a wound, you got to pay. Or perhaps we evaluate by injury as well. So that's the question. Do we evaluate an injury to look at the weapon and to see does this make sense? So, Tashima, Ma bar be tfachem, We know that if an animal falls into a bar and dies, you have to pay. Now what's the depth of a pit that causes death? Ten t'vachim. Of course, Yishbuk De Laham is Asar Tvachim. Let's say the pit is less than 10 Tvachim. And the animal died in less than 10 Tvachim, you're Pater because it's not your fault, because it's not normal for it to die in less than 10 Tvachim. But if the animal fell into a pit less than 10 Tvachim and got injured, you're chayev. Now here's the question Less than 10 Tvachim could be a lot. It could be 9, it could be 8. 765432 or even 1. So here's the question, when it says that if the animal falls into a pit and gets injured you have to pay, is that only referring to a pit that's 9 8 or 7 meaning where it makes sense that the animal would get hurt? Let's say the pit was 1 tafa, 3 inches. If a pit is 3 inches deep and an animal hurts itself, maybe that's not my pit. Maybe your animal has uh, blood vessel issues, maybe your animal is weak. So that's the question. Do we evaluate injury? Well, it depends. This Shiloh of do we evaluate the weapon, in this case the pit, to see whether it makes sense, that question would have the following ramifications. If a pit is one tafak deep, and an animal hurts itself, if I'm supposed to evaluate it, I don't think anybody would evaluate it to make sense that an animal should get hurt in the three-inch deep uh, pit. If you hold that there is no evaluation, then you pay across the board, then I'll pay even by one tefach. See, here's the Shiloh. When the price, it says, less than ten tefach you have to pay, So the Gemara says, The Pasha way to read it is, anything less than ten you have to pay, even one tefach. You see that if there's a pit, even one tefach deep, you have to pay. You see from here that you, you don't evaluate whether it makes sense, you just pay. So the Gemara says, Lay. no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You do evaluate it. You do evaluate it. Really, you do evaluate it. And a one tefach pit is not going to, you're not going to have to pay because it doesn't make sense based on the evaluation. So what does it mean that less than ten? It means nine. So the Gemara says, Asara misa ikka palchaz mesara purta nizaka misalaka really it still has to be 9 or 8 but if it's less than 9 or 8 you take a one off to pay so this question of whether you'd have to pay by a one tefach dip deep ditch ditch, would be the same of our discussion So another attempt at a proof if a person punches someone in the eye and blinds him this is hitting a slave or if you hit him in the ear and you cause him to be deaf he goes free but, but, let's say instead of punching him in the eye, he's standing by a wall, and I punch the other side of the wall. And it, it, it shocks him, and it causes him to lose his eyesight. Or if, let's say, he's standing by a wall, and I punch the wall next to his ear, and it causes him to go deaf. He doesn't go free. But why is it that he doesn't go free if I punch a wall, and I don't punch his eye? I punch a wall that's next to his eye, and he goes blind, he doesn't go free. Why? So the Gemara says, it must be a proof. It must be, because in order to, all injuries need to be evaluated, and Chazal obviously evaluated. Chazal obviously evaluated, meaning you have to evaluate it. Meaning, that we evaluate, and we assume that punching the wall is not going to cause the eye. Meaning, that's our question. Our question is, that do we evaluate the, the, the weapon by injuries? Meaning, Do we just say that all injuries you have to pay? Or no, we evaluate it. Well, over here, if I punch the wall and that causes eyes to lose sight, I don't, and he doesn't go free. Why? Because clearly you need to evaluate it. And they evaluate it. That doesn't make sense. But if you hold there's no evaluation and you automatically pay in all circumstances, then why does he not go free here? So the Gemara says, The reason is, it could be in general you don't have to evaluate. But over here, in order for the the Evid to go free, it has to be that my um, my action caused the injury to happen solely. Over here, there's a rule. The Gemara assumes that if you punch a guy directly and your fist touches his face, then it's obviously your fault. But if you punch the wall and then the wall and then he loses sight, the Gemara assumes that he actually frightened himself, meaning, he sent himself into shock. He, he frightened himself, meaning it's not that you need an evaluation. It's that maybe you don't need an evaluation. But over here, because you didn't actually hit him directly, it's like a grama. It's like too many steps removed. If you actually punch the guy directly, you wouldn't need an evaluation. Over here, the reason why he doesn't go free is because you didn't actually hit him. The Gemara says, as the Braith says, if you startle your friend and cause him to be injured, punch him in the other, hand. he didn't touch him, he just frightened him. In Shemaim, you'll be punished, but not down here. Why? Because you didn't hit him directly. It's uh, it's too many steps removed. What's an example? If you shout into someone's ear, but you didn't touch him, Potter? But if you grab his ear, so you're actually touching him and screaming, then you're What do you see? You see that if you, if you cause an indirect injury, you're not going to have to pay. So maybe, really in general, you have to evaluate it. But over here, the reason why he doesn't go free is because I didn't touch him. It's too many steps removed. So we still don't know whether there's an evaluation for injury. So, Tashima, another proof. Now, this Brysa clearly states there is. The Brysa says we know that when you injure someone, you have to pay for five things. Now, three of those five, which is Tsar, Nezek, and Boishis, you pay right away. Because those are binary, right? Nezek is his value. That's changed as a slave. That is clear and binary. Meaning, his, his, he was a slave, he was worth $2,000. You've chopped off his arm, he's worth $1,000. That's $1,000. Boom. Pay right away. But there's two of the payments where you actually need a valuation. And that is um, hospital bills. You see, the halacha by the hospital, the shevas I'm sorry, a uh, uh, ripoi, and Chavis, which is unemployment, what they did was they made you pay right away, but they evaluated how long it's going to take. Meaning, instead of, let's say you, you, you chop off the guy's arm, he's going to have to go into surgery and go to the hospital for a couple weeks. They do not do, what they don't do is they don't make the guy go to the hospital for a few weeks, and then at the end you pay the bill. No, no, no. You pay now. But what they, do is, what they did is their abonim would speak to doctors and they would evaluate, important word, they would evaluate how long is it going to take. Then you pay right now what they think it's going to take. Now, by the way, if let's say he heals quicker, he made some money. If let's say he it took him longer, that's his fault. You evaluate right now and then you pay right now what they think it's going to take for unemployment and for medical bills. You see from this gemara that there is evaluation, oh, we had a shy love. Do you evaluate the, the weapon? Well, you, over here, you evaluate how long it's going to be in the hospital. So the Gemara says, <laughs> Now, let's say they evaluated that the guy should go to the hospital for three weeks. You pay for three weeks of medical bills. But let's say it took him longer than expected. A nice look of my You don't have to pay more. You, you They evaluated three weeks. I'm paying for three weeks. If it took him two months, not my problem. Let's say the opposite. Let's say they evaluated for three weeks, but the guy's a quick healer. After one week, he's already uh, gone back to work. He's still got to pay for three weeks. But what do you see from the sugya? You see from the sugya that there is evaluation. So the Gemara says, wait a minute. We're asking whether there's an evaluation by the weapon. Does, do we evaluate the weapon to see if it makes sense that it caused the injury? So what's your proof? That we evaluate how much to fill, how much, how much, how long it's going to take him to heal for medical bills. Those aren't the same. All you see from the sugi is that we evaluate how long it's going to be to take for his medical bills. We don't see that there's an evaluation by the by the weapon. So the Gemara says, <laughs> uh, the question of whether there's an evaluation of of medical expenses that's not a question. Of course, there's a, a, a there's an evaluation. How else would you do it? Our question is whether they evaluate the weapon, and that, that we that we don't know, that, that you have an answer. So the Gemara says, I mentioned to you that when we started this daf, it's a clear brisa of Rav Shimon Mani and Rav Akiva that you do evaluate the weapons, and the Gemara, when it asked the question, just didn't know. And now the Gemara says, now we know. The Gemara says... The whole point is that the murder, that the weapon has to be brought to court to be evaluated. So you see there's an evaluation. Beautiful. The rest of the daf, I think, is a, is a lot easier. So I'll try to start moving a little bit. So the Gemara said, the Gemara says like this, The Gemara says like this, we said before that you evaluate how long it's going to be, and if he heals faster, you still pay. He made the money. This is a proof to Rabbi. that if a, a victim was estimated that he would be in the hospital for a whole day, and you, so you have to pay for a whole day. But halfway through the day he recovered and he went back home, and he's already working, you still compensated for the whole day. Because we assume that what you did really was to cause an injury for a whole day. I, he got better halfway through the day. But you have to pay for a whole day's, you have to pay for what the evaluation was. Okay. Then the Mishnah said, the Mishnah was describing um, uh, payments for busha, for embarrassment. And it said if you spit on him, you have to pay 400. It says, It's only true if the spittle actually hit his body. I will be big day but if you spit and it hit his clothing, you don't have to pay. Because spitting in his clothing is not embarrassing. The Gemara says, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I understand. It, 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 how is this different than if you hurl insults at him? If you embarrass him with words, seemingly you have to pay. So spitting and hit his clothing should be no difference. The Gemara says, You see from the Sugya that embarrassing with words, you don't have to pay either, meaning. Busha only applies if you actually hurt him and cause the humiliation. Humiliation by words or spittle on the clothing does not warrant the payment of busha. Okay, now the Mishnah said it had a whole list, 200 zoos, 50 zoos, you know, uh, 400 zoos, whatever it is. And then it said, those are the rules, but it depends. I mentioned when we did the Mishnah, there's two ways to look at this. You can look at it as that this Mishnah is the standard rule for wealthy people. And poor people will get less. So when the Mishnah gives the ground rules, that's for wealthy people. Or and, and, and poor people will get even less. Or you could look at the opposite. Now this mission is talking about poor people, and wealthy people get even more. So that's the question. So you I have a question. Tanakama Lukulakoma was the Tanakama being lenient or the Or was he being strict? What do I mean? Tanakama was laying out the rules. But it depends whether you're poor or rich. So the question is, were those rules that he gave for poor people and rich get more, or was it for rich people and poor people get less? So Lakula was he being lenient? That he was referring to wealthy people, but poor people get even less than this, or perhaps he's being strict that he was referring to poor people and rich people get even more. So that's the question. So Tashima, huh? we'll look at the end of the B'raisa, the end of the says, Right, Kiva said, I disagree with you. I think poor people should get more money because they're the children of Av. You see, Rav Kiva is like the champion of the poor. He is defending the poor people. The fact that he said this means that the Tanakama was referring to wealthy people, meaning the Tanakama laid out the rules. He was referring to wealthy people. Poor people get even less than that. To that, Revakiva says, No way poor people should get less. But if the Tanakama was referring to poor people and rich people get more, then why is Rav disagreeing? Meaning it sounds like from Rav Akiva that Rav did not like that the Tanakama was not treating poor people with enough money. So the Tanakama was referring to rich people. you saying poor people get even less. To that Tanakh- Rav Akiva says, no, I disagree. So you see that the Tanakama was referring to rich people and poor people get even less. And to that Rav didn't like it. Sh'ma Okay. Now it said in the Mishnah that a man ripped off a woman's shetel and Rav fined him 400 zoos. Now he asked, and the person asked he was going to lay an ambush, whatever the case was, and he asked, Rabbi Kiva, can I have some time to pay off the debt? And Rabbi Kiva said yes. The Gemara says, I thought you're not allowed to take time to pay off injuries. you got to get the money right away, and if he has to borrow the money, he has to. So how could Rabbi Kiva give him time to pay off? I thought for injuries you don't give time. So the Gemara says, The answer is, you don't give time when you're paying off Nezek. But when you're paying off Boishas, which did not cause a financial loss. You see, Nezek, you cause them a financial loss. If you injure someone, you have to pay right away. Over here, this is embarrassment. There's no financial loss. You didn't lose any money. You cause them embarrassment. For embarrassment, will give time. Okay? So it said in the Mishnah that Rav when he said to Rav Akiva, because he showed that the woman uncovered her hair, so Rav Akiva said, just because she's injuring herself, which is not the right thing to do, does not give you the right to do so. So the Gemara of Vatanya, but the Bryce has a slightly different version. The Brysa says, Omer Le says, you, die, you dove into mighty waters, but you came out with earthenware. Meaning your, your, your answer is nothing. How so? Adam According to this version, Ravakiva said, You're allowed to injure yourself. Meaning, Armishna said that he proved to Ravakiva that she uncovers her own hair. So Ravakiva said, She's not allowed to do that. She's not allowed to injure herself. She's not allowed to embarrass herself. But you're not allowed to do it either. The Brysa has a different version, which is Rav Akiva responded, You're allowed to injure yourself. So she's allowed to do that. So the question is, just as an aside, are you allowed to injure yourself or not? So the Gemara says, mm-hmm. The answer is that you're not allowed to injure yourself. You're allowed to humiliate yourself. So Rav Akiva's point is, she's She can humiliate yourself. That's her own problem. You can't humiliate her. Now, but she's not allowed to injure herself. So injuring yourself would be a problem. Embarrassing yourself would be permitted. Wait a minute. go to the next page. But isn't our Misha talking about embarrassment? You're telling me that you're allowed to embarrass yourself? You're not allowed to wound yourself. Our is talking about embarrassing yourself, and our Misha said you're not allowed to. So are you allowed to embarrass yourself or not? So the Gemara says, This is what it meant to say. Loi MiBoi you're supposed to read the mission like this, the Rav said, when it comes to embarrassing, you're allowed to embarrass yourself, but even wounding, the wounding, you're not allowed to wound yourself, even if a person does, it does not allow you to wound them either, so meaning, if a person embarrasses themselves, you definitely can't embarrass them, but even if a person wounds themselves, which is not allowed to do, does not give you the right to wound them either, so now you see from this as an aside, that a person is not allowed to wound themselves. So the Gemara says, ba'atzmai, Is a person not allowed to wound himself? Vatanya, the Braisa says. Now, this Braisa is referring to the following concept. This is talking about making an oath. That if you swear you're going to do something, you got to do it. And if you swear you're not going to do something, you're not allowed to do it. And if, let's say, you make an oath and you don't fulfill it, you have a karvan. So the Braisa says like this Vatanya, the Braisa says, let's say a person makes an oath to harm himself he swears he's gonna harm himself and he doesn't so you might think yeah hey, Potter you might think you don't have to bring a carbon. on so let's say a person swears he's uh he's uh said uh, I swear I'm uh I'm gonna I'm gonna cut off my finger and he doesn't so you might think well it's a good thing he didn't he's not gonna cut off his finger either no you have to bring a carbon So you say, wait a minute. So, you're telling me that a person is not allowed to wound himself, but the Bryce has said that if I make an oath that I'm going to wound myself, and I don't, I have to bring a carbon. That implies that I'm allowed to wound myself. And the fact that I didn't means I have to bring a carbon. So, are you allowed to wound yourself or not? the Gemara says, You know what it means when you made this oath to wound yourself? It's not like I said. Cutting off your finger is not allowed. And therefore, you would not have to bring a carbon for not cutting off your finger. The case is, you said you're going to make a tainus. Making a tainus is wounding yourself because you're fasting. But it's wounding yourself that's permitted. So, in general, wounding yourself is not allowed. But wounding yourself that is permitted is like fasting. So, when the Brisa says... The case that if you make an oath to do something and you don't do it, you have to bring a carbon. That's not talking about a case where you made an oath to to hurt yourself in the classic sense of so like cutting off your finger and then you didn't. You have to bring a carbon. It means you made an oath to fast and you didn't. You have to bring a carbon. So wait a minute. The Brysa, that Brysa then refers to wounding others. Now, if wounding yourself and wounding others is cutting off your finger, it makes sense. You can cut off your finger and cut off someone else's finger but if you tell me no the case of the shvuah of wounding yourself is fasting so how do i wound you i make you fast how do i make you fast so the Khmer says, i'll tell you how you know how you lock someone in a room without any food that's the case so the raiser could be referring to wounding in the case of tightness and how do you have wounding others it's by locking them in a room okay wait a minute but Tanya, so you see, telling me the case of wounding others is not cutting off your finger, cutting off their finger, it's fasting. But the price doesn't say that. The price says, What's an example of an oath to harm others? Akeploini, you say you're going to punch him in the head, I'm going to split his skull. Not fasting, not locking him in a room, hurting, which means that hurting yourself is cutting off your body part. And you see that it's allowed. So the Gemara says, No. It's really a machalikas This shaila. Of whether you're allowed to wound yourself. Now, this Bryce, this Mishnah in Shavuos implies that you are allowed to, but our Bryce implies not like that. It's actually in Machlaikistan. There are some opinions that hold you're not allowed to wound yourself. But some feel you are allowed to wound yourself. Who is the author of the opinion that you're not allowed to wound yourself? I mean, what's the source? You're not allowed to wound yourself. Now, because the question is, you think about it. You're like, you're in charge of your own body. So why can't you hurt yourself? So the Gemara is going to bring a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, The B'raises says, The Pasuk says that Hashem says, I will avenge your blood. What does that mean? From the hand of your souls, I'll avenge your blood. Meaning, if you kill yourself, God forbid, your soul is going to have to punish. Suicide. Oh, so you see, suicide is harming yourself. And it's not allowed. So that's the source, you're not allowed to harm yourself. So the Gemara says, Wait a minute. That doesn't mean you're not allowed to harm yourself. That means you're not allowed to kill yourself. Meaning, maybe suicide is not allowed. Because it's taking your life. But harming yourself, maybe is allowed. So the Gemara says, Okay, another source. The Braises says, You're allowed to rip clothing when they, someone dies, and it's not the violation of following the ways of the guy. But Rav said, if you rip too much of your clothing, meaning, let's say you're supposed to rip a tefach, you decide I want to rip the whole suit in half. You're not allowed to do that. Why? Baltashchis. Baltashchis means to waste, actually means to cut down a fruit tree. But baltashchis, in this case, is being used for a waste of uh, waste of clothing, wasting uh, wasting of of uh, resources. It's like colloquially used like when you want to throw out leftovers. I don't think that's baltashk's. No one's gonna eat it. That's that's not what we're talking about. But to rip your clothes is baltashkas. Oh, so what's the source? If you're if you're not allowed to rip your clothes, you definitely can't rip your skin. Meaning you wanna you wanna know how do I know whether a person is allowed to wound himself? Well you're not allowed to rip your clothing because it's baltashkhas. So it's definitely baltashkas to, to rip your body? So the Gemara says, wait a minute. Maybe not. Maybe you're allowed to rip your skin. Why? Because it grows back. Meaning, maybe you're not allowed to rip your clothing because it's baltashchis. I, so why would I be allowed to cut myself or rip uh, rip my skin? Because it grows back. So maybe that's why it's allowed. I'll prove it to you. Now, I'll prove it to you that people would treat their clothing even better than their bodies because the clothing doesn't grow back. Because you're Yechenon... If you rip your clothing, it's not going to mend itself. Rav would call his clothing his honor. Rav Chizda, would walk through thorns, he would lift up his pants so that his legs would get cut by the thorns and not his clothing. Why? He said, because my skin will grow back. My clothing's not going to grow back. So you see that maybe you're not allowed to rip your clothing, but you're allowed to rip your skin. So what's the source that you're not allowed to injure yourself? He Rather, it's a, this source, the, tanyo, Lazar, okay, the Pasuk says that a nozer is considered a sinner. Every nozer is a sinner, says Rav Lazar. Why? What do they do? Because he deprived himself of wine, the goodness of Gashmias. He deprived himself of wine, and that's considered a sin. So says the Gemara, A-Kavah a if you're considered a sinner for depriving yourself of wine then injuring your body meaning if preventing wine from your body which is not an injury that's considered a sin then injuring your body of course it's a sin that's the source you to injure yourself Okay. now the Gemara says um, let's say Reuben says to Shimon you killed my ox or or Reuven says to Shimon, you cut down my tree. Takes him to court for cutting down his tree. But Shimon responds, you told me to do it. You know what the halach is? Meaning, so if Reuven says to Shimon, you cut down my tree, and Shimon says, I agree I cut down your tree, but you told me to, Shimon doesn't have to pay. Here's the question. Does that make sense? Of course not. Then every single time I punch you in the face, and then you take me to court, and I'm like, you told me to. I break your window. You take me to court. I'm like, oh, you told me to. If you could just get out of payment by just saying, you told me to, then there'll never be a court case ever. So the Gemara says, Then every single time a person can injure someone, he could just claim, I'll just go to court and I'll say, he told me to. So what's going on over here? Meaning, how could it be? How could the brysa be correct? that if Reuven takes Shimon to court, because he says, you, you broke, you, you ripped my tree, or whatever, you killed my ox. And Shimon says, yeah, but you told me to, that Shimon is positive. How could that be? So I'm he says, should I delete the brysa Meaning, is this not a good brysa No, I'm no. Like, no, I have a way to understand the brysa You know what the case is? The case is where Reuven says to Shimon, you killed my ox, but it's an ox that he was supposed to put down, it was, it was an ox that he was supposed to kill. Bezdin deemed the ox dangerous, and they told him to kill it. So Shimon says, you told me to, it makes sense. Or if, let's say, um, it's a tree that Bezdin felt was dangerous. It's, it's falling over, it could be dangerous. So Bezdin said, you have to cut it down. So Reuben says to Shimon, takes him to court, you cut down my tree. And Shimon said, yeah, but you told me to, so Shimon doesn't have to pay. And because with Dafka talking about a case where the tree was supposed to be cut down. So let me ask you a question. If the tree's supposed to cut down, why is Reuben taking him to court? Reuben takes him to court. He says, You cut down my tree. Shimon's like, Yeah, but the Bezdin said we're supposed to cut down the tree. He said, Oh, okay, we're good. So why does Ruben take him to court? What did he do wrong? Why, why why was Ruben upset? It sounds like Ruben's upset that Shimon cut down his tree. He comes to court and Shimon says, Yeah, but this is a tree that Bezdin said we should cut down. And I like, Okay, fine. I don't understand. If it's a, a tree that Bezdin says to come down, then what, what is Ruben upset about? So the Gemara says, Where Reuven's upset is, is that Shimon cut down the tree before him because Reuben had an opportunity to cut down the tree himself, to do a mitzvah himself. When Bezin says to cut down a tree, that's a mitzvah to listen to Bezin. So Reuven was upset that Shimon cut down the tree. And Reuben wanted to be compensated for Shimon usurping the mitzvah. That's the point. To that, if Shimon says, you told me to cut down the tree, we believe him because it's a tree that's meant to cut down. The Gemara says, what is the precedent that if someone usurps some, you and does the mitzvah before you, you could get payment to Tanya? We know that there's a mitzvah kise adam, which is that you shecht an animal, shecht a chicken, you cover the blood with dirt. The is, the sheichet, who the one who shechted the chicken, covers the blood. Let's say, I'm shechting the animal, and then someone else covers the blood before I have a chance, he takes my mitzvah away, Rav Gamliel made you pay 10, 10 zuvim as a penalty for taking someone's mitzvah. So that's the case over here. You might think that he's taking away the mitzvah and you should get penalty. no. If you told him to do it, we believe you. Now, over here, from here until the end of the daf, we're going to talk about the concept of cutting down a fruit tree. So I'll mention one thing. The Gemara says, If a palm tree that has a kav of dates... That's considered a fruit-bearing tree. If you have a fruit tree that doesn't actually grow anything because everything is dead, that's not an issue of cutting it down. But if a true, if a fruit tree has a kav of dates, then you're not allowed to cut it down. Meisvei, you're telling me it's a kav of dates, but doesn't the brayso say kam How many olives does an olive tree have to have to not cut it down? Roiva, a quarter of a kav. So it is a, is it a kav or a quarter kav? Shani The answer is normally it's a kav. But olives are so chashiv, a quarter kav is enough to make it, you know, to cut down the tree. Am this following line, this line, remember this line, Rav said, and this is why people are so careful not to cut down fruit trees. Rav said, shiv b'ri t'inas of Rav said, my son shiv has died because I cut down a fruit tree. Because I cut down a fruit tree, my son was killed as a punishment. Now, that's why it became very, very dangerous to cut down trees, because the Gemara says the punishment is God forbid very, very bad. Amr, Ravina, but Ravina says the following line, let's say the tree is worth more as firewood than as a fruit tree, you're allowed to cut it down. Meaning, Ravina is very practical, he's saying, the issue of cutting down a fruit tree is that it, it, it's valuable as a fruit tree. But let's say the fruit is not worth anything. It's actually worth more as firewood. You're allowed to cut it down. So you see, Ravina says that if you have a reason to cut it down, you'd be allowed to. Now, so why is it so hard nowadays for poskim to give a heter to cut down a fruit tree? Because there's a teaching of Rav Yaakov Emden. Rav Yaakov Emden writes that even Ravina, who says that it's mutter, just means that it's not usur of baltashchis. But the danger of losing a son is still there. So therefore, even if you get a heter, See, according to this, if it's valuable more as a wood then you're allowed to cut it down. That would mean that, let's say, you have someone whose fruit tree is in the middle of the property. You have, your value would go up if you cut it down. Ravina would say it's okay. So why are people so a- a- apprehensive? The reason is because Rav Emden says that even if you have a heter, it's still dangerous. That's why it's much harder to get a heter. Tanya Yohchi, the Bryce similarly states that if it's more valuable as firewood, you could cut it down. Rak Eitz HaShateidah, the Puzzle says a tree that you know, it's referring to a fruit tree. Kiloy Yitz Machalhu, is that Sarab. Sareb. If it's not a fruit tree, that's a non-fruit tree. Why does the puzzle say it's a fruit tree? It means to give precedent to the non-fruit tree over the fruit tree. Meaning, if you have a choice to cut down both, you cut a non-fruit tree before you cut a fruit tree. Let's just get to the Mishnah. You see, you're not allowed to cut down a fruit tree, but let's say it's worth more as wood than fruit. Rock says it's permitted. So you see, it's mutter to cut down a fruit tree. If it's worth more, as uh, as firewood, Shmuel <laughs> Arisa Shmuel Sharecropper brought him dates. <laughs> he tasted the dates, and the dates tasted like wine. So Amarlei really, My High he says, why did the dates taste like wine? Amarlei Bei Gufni Kaima He says because this date tree is amongst the the, the vines, meaning it was planted amongst the vineyard, so, and that's why it's it's getting a little of the flavor. Amar <laughs> Mechashi so Shmuel didn't like this, because Shmuel said, if I'm tasting the wine and the dates, that means the dates are sapping the energy of my wine, it's hurting my vineyard. Therefore, this fruit tree is hurting me financially. He says, tomorrow bring me their roots, meaning cut it down. So Shmuel held that if the fruit tree is hurting you financially, you could cut it down. Obviously not concerned about Rav and said that it could cause damage to the children. He said, it's mutter little saplings amongst the vines. Om Larizi said to the sharecropper acronym, "Uproot them. Gufni kani dickli. Vines can acquire date palms, dickli kani glufni. but date palms cannot acquire vines." Meaning, it'll uh it'll just the date the dates will taste better, but the the wine will will be harmed and therefore it's not worth it. we will stop here, pick it up tomorrow, beshish.